I know what you're thinking. In this time of social distancing, we're supposed to be six feet apart, not six feet under. So why are we beginning in a, in a cemetery? We begin here because the reality is death is inevitable. The moment we're born, we all begin to die. That's a fact that none of us can escape. But the idea of death is a very hard thing for us to handle unless, unless we know we serve a risen Savior. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, beginning in verse 14, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain, your faith is also vain. Beginning in verse 17, it says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, you're still in your sins, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. So if the resurrection of Jesus is not true, then we're all just wasting our time. We are the most to be pitied. But if Jesus did raise from the dead, then we are living with the greatest purpose of all. But most of us, we struggle with death, even the idea of it. Hebrews 2 and verse 15 tells us that death itself will enslave many of us. The fear of it will enslave many of us. So how do we gain victory over death, even the fear of it? You know, in today's world, it does seem like people have gotten further and further away from God and further away from the idea of eternal things. And as a result of that, even death itself has become something that has made us very uncomfortable. It's something that we at times seem to live in almost in a sense of denial about it. We, we don't even want to talk about it. We're so uncomfortable with it. One author made the observation that several generations ago that there were people who would have never openly discussed sexual things in public, or for that matter, in private, but that that same generation had no problem with the idea of death, where it seems like for us we have somewhat flipped the script, that we have gone the other way, that it seems as though sex is everywhere in our world, but we don't even like talking about death. It almost seems as though death has become the more taboo of the two subjects. In today's world, when someone passes from this life, more times than not, they pass away in a hospital where they're surrounded by wonderful medical professionals who are able to help them to pass from this life with medications that bring about, uh, that ease a lot of the pain and the suffering. And unfortunately, sometimes there is no one even around when that person passes aside from those marvelous medical professionals. Generations ago, however, oftentimes when people passed away, they would have passed away in their homes, surrounded by friends and family. And many times the body would have been laid in state there in the living room and, and the friends and family would have spent the night as they had awake because as a whole, they just understood death better than we do. Today, the deceased will be, take to, will be taken to a funeral home and what a wonderful job the, those at the funeral home do. You know, one of the things that they do to help prepare the body is they'll put makeup on the body. And why do they do that? It's so that they can help that deceased person look more alive. I've heard people through the years pass by an open coffin and say things like, oh, don't they look so natural? 
They look so lifelike. I've even heard a few people say, if you look close, you could almost see them breathe. But you know what I've never heard? I've never heard anybody walk up to a coffin and look down and say, hmm, they sure do look dead. And why is that? Well, partly because I think we're polite Southerners and we, we don't want to be rude. <laughs> but another aspect of it is we're just so uncomfortable with death, we don't know what to say, but we want them to still appear to be somewhat alive. There is something after this life. And if you don't take anything else away from this today, please remember this. There is something after this life. If you do not believe in God, in the judgment day, in heaven and hell, if you don't believe in those things, if you don't understand those things, well, it makes perfect sense to live in great fear of death. It's like living a life where you can't see anything beyond the tombstone. And when you can't see anything beyond the tombstone, there's nothing but fear and anxiety and dread and worry. But if you can begin, begin to see beyond that, oh, what a blessed assurance that it brings. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, after this comes the judgment. You see, we can know that it's coming. We know that we are going to die. But then what? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26 tells us that the last enemy that will be abolished is death. Well, that's wonderful. But how's that going to happen? Well, verse 20 gives us the answer. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. So listen, the resurrection of Jesus is not just about the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus also affords us the blessing, the, the potential of being resurrected with Him if we have lived our life faithful to Him. When we find ourselves as Christians in a cemetery, our view for those who have passed on in Christ should be that this is not the end, but it's merely the beginning. That death is not something to, to deny, but rather it is an enemy to be defeated. And because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, both sin and death have been defeated. Therefore, we can live with hope, knowing that this world is not all that there is. Right now, there are so many living among us who are living with no hope. And why is that? It's because they're uncertain. They're uncertain about what their future may hold. But when you have hope in God, when you have that relationship with Him, you can know that this world is not all that there is. When you have found victory in Jesus, that eliminates some of the fear that oftentimes just the idea of death will bring with it. Let me ask you something. In your life, do you see death as a final step into darkness? Or do you see death as the final step into your ultimate freedom? I've preached a lot of funerals through the years. And one change that has occurred that I like is that people are slowly uh, 
referring to it more and more as a celebration of life. And I like that. Because you see, for a child of God's, for a Christian, that is exactly what death is. It is a, a celebration more so than anything else. And you see the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus gives us hope that, that we have eternal life as well as having direction in our present life. Do you know what hope is? Hope is a strong conviction based on a firm promise. You see, sometimes when we talk about death, someone may ask the question, well, when you die, uh, are you going to heaven? And someone may kind of shrug their shoulders and say, well, I, I mean, I hope so. But there's no certainty in their voice. That's not hope. You see, what, what hope is, it is it's a conviction that we know that because of the blood of Jesus and because of, of the power of God that resurrected him from that grave three days later, we know that we can have hope that this world is not our home and that when our time here on earth is through, whenever that may be, we can look forward to life everlasting in the very presence of God. And oh, oh, what a glorious time that will be. You see, that's hope, a conviction a conviction of things promised thanks to a risen Savior. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. We're going to look at a few passages today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, it's all about the Gospel. It's all about the good news of Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. And what a perfect sacrifice that He was for our sins. In Romans chapter 1, it says, beginning in verse 4, that He who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, in the resurrection of Jesus, we see that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is Lord and Savior of our life. And what a blessing it is that through Him, He is alive. Therefore, we can be alive. All of your past mistakes, all of your past failures, well, let's just call them what they are. Let's call them what God would call them. All of our past sins, all of those things can be forgiven Thanks be to the blood of the Lamb that was shed on that very cruel cross at Calvary. And we can have hope in spite of ourselves, knowing that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. Now let's go down to verse 6. It says, After that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as it were, to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Listen, there's no doubt that it takes faith to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the evidence, the evidence is there. The apostle Paul would record here that the resurrected Savior, that he appeared to the 12 apostles, that he appeared to more than 500 other people, that he appeared to the apostle Paul himself, and what great evidence that is of our risen Savior. How else, 
how else do we explain the, the change in these men? I mean, let's think about the 12 apostles for just a moment. When I think about them, oftentimes, when I think about their time with Jesus, I remember the fear that they displayed in the face of our Savior being arrested and how they all scattered. But then, then something changed. Then we, we see them going forward and proclaiming the gospel in the face of death itself with great boldness, preaching and teaching. And why? Because they knew. They knew that Jesus Christ had been resurrected from the dead. What about the Apostle Paul himself? When he was Saul of Tarsus, he was one who went about persecuting the church. But then something changed. Something changed and he became the Apostle Paul and he became this, this great soldier of the cross. What was the change? What brought that about? He witnessed the resurrected Savior. So you see, there's, there's an evidence for our faith in the resurrected Jesus. Let's go down to verse 9. It says, For I am the least of the apostles, whom am not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Listen, if we believe in the resurrection of Jesus then we see that the resurrection has the power to change lives. In the same way that it changed the life of the Apostle Paul, it can change our lives as well. It can take us from dark and into light. It can make us who God wants us to be, men and women of, of faith, men and women with, with endurance, men and women who can persevere in the face of any storm. We listen to what is written in Romans 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who indwells you. So where are you today? Are you where you want to be in your life? You see, the resurrection is an amazing thing because the resurrection has the power to change our lives, even our very outlook on death itself because we can live with a hope knowing that this world is not our home because we serve a risen Savior. What about you, church? Are you living your life in such a way that, that the world around you knows that you serve a risen Savior? Is that change, is it evident in our life the way it should be? And if not, why not? Or maybe you're watching this today and you've never begun your relationship with the Lord. You know, one of the, the amazing things that any person can do is they can reenact the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the watery grave of baptism. Maybe you've never surrendered your life and been immersed for the forgiveness of your sins. Listen, if we can help you with that, just call us. We're here for you because there is nothing more powerful than to watch a person be, be resurrected from their former life and, and ready to live a, a new life, a life in Christ. All thanks be to the power of God a power that resurrected His Son from the dead on the third day, and a power that can resurrect you and I spiritually even today. And we praise God. We praise God for our risen Savior. Let's go to our Father together in prayer.
Our Father God, we humbly bow before you this day. We thank you so much. A day that is yours, a day for us to worship you and to praise you. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his ministry. We thank you for his death. And we certainly, Father, thank you for his resurrection. We thank you, Father, for the hope that you have afforded to us through him. And we pray, Lord, that as we live our life, we would do it in a way that is pleasing to you. We would do it in a way that we don't even fear death itself. For we know that even death itself is, is not the end for us, but it's the beginning. Help us, Lord, to live our life in such a way that, that we long to be with you face to face. Help us to allow our light to shine in this very dark world. All these things we pray in your Son's most precious name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship today. Before you go, I would like to let you know about a few opportunities Rainbow is offering at this time. Starting tomorrow, we will be posting a resource called Spiritual Conversations. We recognize that more time in your home provides more opportunities for your family's spiritual growth. With that in mind, we want to help you as much as possible. So each Monday, we will release a discussion guide on our website and Facebook page. Whether you are a family with young children or you're an empty nester right now, we believe these discussion guides can work for you. We are excited about this opportunity for our church family to all be engaging in meaningful spiritual conversations in their homes. I also want to make sure you are aware of our Bible class that we premiere each Wednesday night at 645. Tune in this week or you can find our past classes on our church's Facebook and YouTube pages. Our youth group here at Rainbow is meeting together virtually on Mondays and Thursdays. This is for 7th through 12th grade students and if you would like more information, please message us on our church's Facebook page. If you would like to learn more about the Rainbow Church of Christ, please visit our website, rainbowchurchofchrist.org. We hope to see you soon.